Welcome back to Speaking Out. Jim Watkins, your host. Don't forget about the podcast. We archive all of our shows. Not only can you listen on crntalk.com, but you can also check out the podcast on all your podcast players, including Spotify and uh, Apple and Amazon and TuneIn and everywhere else. Speaking Out with Jim Watkins, you can find it and take it with you. So a couple of interesting stories again. I want to get to Michael Letts in just a little bit, talk about the Kansas City thing that happened earlier this week, which was tragic. And I thought it was interesting that Joe Buck sort of predicted something tragic would happen. And I'm not quite sure why he said that, but he was right. Joe Buck, the announcer for the NFL. I believe he's on uh, CBS. Anyway, so let's get to this one story that emerged over the weekend. Uh, This comes from the Gateway uh, pundit. And a man gets on an airplane in, I believe it's Taiwan, and he's heading. Let me see if I got the story here. Uh, and, and the only thing, I, the reason I bring it up is because I always see these stories and I think, could this be something that we should worry about? And the story was that a man got on an airplane, big airplane, Lufthansa Airlines, uh, heading, I believe it was Germany. And uh, yeah, there we go. Lufthansa Airbus A380 passenger witness an unimaginable horror as a man tragically died mid-flight from Bangkok, Thailand to Munich, Germany. A Swiss couple, Martin and Kay Misfelder, witnessed the event recounting the traumatic experience on a news outlet called Blick. And what happened was a man uh, looked real sick getting on an airplane. Uh, this uh, Karen noticed that uh, symptoms of the man, he was sweating, he was breathing heavily, he had an apathetic demeanor. The man was clearly in distress, she says. A condition his Filipino wife linked to the rush to make the flight. Now, first of all, this is in the post-COVID era. When a man gets on an airplane and he's got cold sweats, he's breathing rapidly, and he looks like he's about to keel over, why on earth would any airline let that man on the air? I'm First of all, I would have first thing I would have done is test for COVID. Anyway, they let him on the air. They gave him some chamomile tea, and then he starts spitting blood all over the place. Now, it gets kind of graphic because that's all he started doing, and he ended up just spewing blood. It's coming out of his mouth and his nose. What causes that? And he bled so much he ended up dying. Now, fortunately, they turned the aircraft back to Bangkok. Now, Bangkok is in Thailand, which I think has some connective tissue. Anything that comes out of Asia at this point that involves a man who is sweating profusely and vomiting blood, I think is cause for a lockdown. And I don't even know if anybody followed up on this. Anyway, they took him off the plane. He he died. And I, I, I just think, you know, have we not learned our lesson? I mean, this is so frightening to me what could he have had now it turns out there are some certain flus that you can get hemorrhagic fever that you can get in india and in some areas of the world more remote areas of the world but in that whole article no one once mentioned did he get tested for covid did anybody look to see what is history what's the story and meanwhile everybody on that airplane if that guy had something that was contagious went on their way 
to Munich, Germany. So keep an eye on that. Interesting. You'll say you heard it here first on Speaking Out. Here's also something that we heard from Chad Wolf, former DHS. He was on with Stu Varney, who's one of the few people at Fox that probably is allowed to say what he what he what, what he wants. Uh, he he's kind of a whole uh, no holds barred. He doesn't mind asking the tough questions. But listen to this interchange with former DHS uh, main man Chad Wolf talking about the disaster that is our southern border. <laughs> I think the Republicans are getting the blame for this one, right? <laughs> well, I think the administration has certainly tried to do that, but uh, I think the American people are seeing through that. This is an administration that has uh, constantly, you know, sought to defund ICE. Uh, the number of beds that they've had over the last three years have been at historic lows. And this idea that they've been transporting these migrants all across the country for three years now is likely taking up a lot of their funding. So, again, the bad policies result in resource deficits. And now the administration says, well, I need you to continue to fund our bad policies and the failed strategy for the past three years. Look, I think a full account accounting needs to take place at ICE. What have they been spending their money on? over these last three years? Is it moving migrants around the country and releasing them uh, into the yeah. country, or is it something else? Yeah, that's more like it, I think. The National Guard in New York's being told yeah. to check migrants for specific tattoos linked to a Venezuelan gang. How come we have a special deal to let in so many Venezuelans? I think it's 800,000. Why the special deal? Well, again, this is the parole program that the Biden administration set up. We're paroling upwards of 30,000 of them into the country every single month and probably more that use that CBP-1 app. Um, and this is, uh, this is part and parcel to the Biden administration's policy. So not only Venezuelans, Nicaraguans and others, and some of these folks, as you indicated, are very violent individuals, uh, but we don't have an accounting of where they go. We don't really do the necessary checks and the law enforcement interviews at the border because there's too many of them coming across. And so this has been going on now for three years. And it's a big joke. And we are going to be living with this disaster for 10 to 20 years. It will change the landscape of Los Angeles, New York. It already has Chicago, Miami, probably Tampa, probably a lot of mid-level towns like Jacksonville, Florida, Tucson. Uh, roll down the list and hear from the New York Post. Last week we, we read from a woman by the name of Catherine Don Levy, who writes that Mexican cartels have flooded Montana with fentanyl and meth by setting up operations on Indian reservations where law enforcement is scarce. According to a new report, they know who to choose. Stephanie Ironshooter, the American Indian Health Director for the Montana Department of Health and Human Services, told NBC News, just like any other prey-predator situation, that's how it is. The drug pushers have found that the notoriously deadly fentanyl goes for nearly 20 times the price in remote Big Sky country where its population of 1.2 million is spread out across 150,000 square miles of rugged terrain. They will initially target Native Americans by giving away an initial supply of drugs, transforming them into addicts. Former Drug Enforcement Administrator Investigator Stacy Zinn says the cartel will send out their advanced teams or individuals to get to know who distributes small amounts of drugs on various reservations. They get their claws into them, offer incentives. And you can bet that you'll probably already start seeing 
the bodies fall. The young people of these reservations will succumb. And this is just one of many after effects to come when Biden is long gone. He will never know the extent of the damage that he has done to the United States. It will continue. And all he can do is blame the Republicans because, as Chad Wolf said, he wants us to pay for his mistakes. He wants the federal, uh, the United States taxpayer to pay for his mistakes at mishandling the border. I mean, the idea of creating a, an app, apps are not easy to create. If you want to involve the government, you've got to have all, all kinds of links. Uh, you've got to have QR codes that are coordinated. Uh, they get this information. Now, for all I know, maybe they'll use this, this app to track those people in the years to come, but I don't give the government that much credit. All that app did was signal a big yes to people coming in from all over the world that said the border of the United States is open. Come on in. Uh, and and that's that to me will be the legacy. The ultimate legacy of Joe Biden's administration is going to be that he undermined the very social fabric of the United States by allowing unfettered access to our enemies and to some of our friends who are just seeking a better life, no question, but mostly to people who don't give a damn about the United States and all they see it is a giant breast that they can suck on continuously. You're listening to Speaking Out. Jim Watkins, we will continue. (laughs) 